Everybody. Buddy. So this is going to be a little casual episode, a little Rebels, Rebels After Dark. Mm-hmm. Since Last Jedi is coming out kind of in the middle of us recording uh, season one, we wanted to drop this bonus episode where Mike and I are going to go see the movie together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to get our thoughts out before we see the movie, just really quickly, uh, kind of what we expect, kind of the things that we're looking forward to. And then afterwards, we're going to reconvene and we'll record a special podcast with all of our thoughts, really diving into The Last Jedi. Aye. All right. So, Mike, uh, let me just ask, what are you looking forward to? Well, I'll be honest. I have been intentionally keeping away from everything. Um, I've seen one trailer. I've seen the initial trailer that came out like months ago. And that's it. <laughs> that I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm purposely not seeing a ton or diving deep, so that's why this part might be a little short. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just want to have my own ideas about what's going on, and I part of why I love Star Wars and like going to movies is to discover things on my own and also to have my own ideas about them. So we're not going to jump into any spoilers. Um we haven't dug too deep into speculation. So this is but all conjecture. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you a couple just general questions. Okay. Um, so the obvious move after Force Awakens kind of took from A New Hope is to kind of make this the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Do you expect it to be that? Do you expect it to end on a kind of cliffhanger, a real dark note, or are you expecting something else? I am not expecting it to be like Empire Strikes Back. I th- think and hope and trust Ryan Johnson enough as director um, and creative to do something original while keeping in line with Star Wars. I I feel like Force Awakens was so much a, uh, or setting the stage and was really playing to Star Wars fans. Um, and it was great. And I really enjoyed it. I guess I am, I'm not expecting anything, but I'm hoping that this is new and this is something I don't think you have to, I I hope they don't answer fan questions (laughs) (laughs) and like who are Ray's parents? Who cares? I don't know. I'm like, I agree. I'm like, why is that important? I think people are going to freak out if they don't figure out who Ray's parents are, but I would prefer it to just go a completely different way. I don't want her to be a Skywalker. It, yeah, I just think it's so unimportant who her parents are. It's funny, we we only ask that because we want to know who she connected to. Yeah. That's what the real question is, is who was she connected to? It's not who her parents are. Because if you found out who her parents were and they weren't connected to anyone, you wouldn't care. Like, not yeah. everyone knows each other. And and I find that it, it it's cheap to Daisy Ridley. It's cheap to um, just the people who are creating Star Wars. I think in the new canon, one thing that they have shown us for the most part is that they really care about Star Wars and they can write characters that feel and live in the Star Wars universe. Um, and I think, you know, for the faults of Force Awakens, the thing that really carried the movie is the fact that the new characters are so great. Yeah. And when you say, 
I care about Daisy Ridley's character. I, I care about Ray because she's a Skywalker. She's, she's Luke Skywalker's daughter. That just says like she can't stand on her own. And I disagree. I think that Ray is a completely standalone, complete character with that I'm really looking forward to diving yeah. in with. And this is, I don't know if this is going to get too political, but it's funny in the new Battlefront game, when you play as Ray, when you like activate her character, one of the things she yells is like, I can, I can take care of myself. Or like, I can handle. <laughs> and I feel like that's so reflective of like the times and of like, I, I, I don't know, like part of me is like, yeah, she can take care of herself. Like we don't <laughs> like that. Like we don't need to like, we don't need to connect her. She can have agency. She can be new. Like, I don't know. I don't want the same movies. Like yeah. Star Wars is good enough. Like the trilogy is good. I'm a prequel defender. I like the prequels. They're fine. I mean, they're not great. But they're <laughs> but they're Star Wars and they're there. Like let's let these just be something new. Yeah. So from a behind the scenes thing, I think they hired J.J. Abrams for a specific reason. He is great at taking other properties and kind of repackaging them. You know, um, Star Trek. He took Star Trek, made it new, but familiar to the people who love Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, Super 8 even is, you know, it's an original story, but it's basically like Steven Spielberg, the movie. Yeah. Um, so I think they needed to do a hard reset on Force Awakens. So they said, J.J. Abrams, come in, do your magic. And he took what people liked about Star Wars, maybe a little bit too much, and repackaged it into yeah. a new thing to establish this world. So... I don't think they would have brought on Ryan Johnson, who's so visionary, and I just love Ryan so much. I'm stealing this from Black Series Rebels, great podcast. Hashtag and Ryan we trust. Mm-hmm. Um, they wouldn't bring him in if they didn't want something new. And so I think the easy thing to do would be to kind of retread Empire Strikes Back. I think it's very possible that they could be in a similar situation at the end where they're feeling despair. You know, yeah. I don't want to get into speculation about Princess Leia's character, but I mean, obviously something has to happen with that. And I'm really interested to see how that turns out. Yeah. Um, I have ideas, but I don't really want to talk about them in case they are get a little spoilery. Yeah. Um, and so I could see all of our characters being in a very dark place at the end of this movie, but I just trust Ryan Johnson too much to think that he's just going to do a Empire Strikes Back redux. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Um, at the end, so I've only seen one trailer and yeah. I'm not engaging. Me too, actually. I'm not on social media, so I'm not engaging anywhere else. Uh, at the end of the first trailer, when Luke says, he knows that the Jedi must end. Yep. What do you think? It's, do you have thoughts around that, those lines, what the meaning of that is? So I think that one thing the new canon has done is set up this idea that the force can be many things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished the Luke Skywalker book. Um, there wasn't a lot in there, but one thing that was in there is two things that I took away from it. First of all, Luke is still very idealistic after the events of the original trilogy. He's searching for the meaning of the force and he sees it still in a very legalistic way, mm-hmm. kind of like they did in the prequels, which led to the Jedi's downfall. But the one thing that he sees is he meets many, a couple different people who use the force, but they call it different things and it means different things to them. So he goes to a water planet basically where they call it the tide and it 
is basically the same thing, but it just means something different to them. And they have their own philosophy on it. We see people like the Inquisitor, who is a dark side person, but not a Sith. So I think they're talking, they're setting up this idea that the force can be a gray area. And I think the events of Kylo Ren's fall kind of show Luke that everything he believed was a lie. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm thinking after I heard that. Um, I feel like, yeah, to distill that, he like, he, you know, he doesn't want to, the Jedi has been a boys club for a long time and he either wants to open that up and, you know, he sees the danger in a small minority having the power yeah. and like wants to spread the, spread the power out a bit. Oh yeah. So I'm going to, let's, let's finish this up unless you had more stuff to talk about, but mm -hmm. I want to finish it up with a couple just quick hits. Um, I am stoked for stoked uh, for Snoke. Stoked for Snoke. <laughs> no, those crystal foxes. What are those called? Uh, Volpe oh. oh, Volpexes. Those are cool. Pokemon. Um, and Porgs. I'm indifferent about. They could go either way. Yeah. Um, I hope there's like a real hard turn on Porgs. Like if we get out of the movie and find out that they're like cannibals. I think they're gonna or be. Like they disrespect women. <laughs> and people are like, oh, remember when we liked Porgs? <laughs> I think they're gonna be. I think honestly, they're just gonna get bigger than ever. All right. So a couple quick hits. Um, just gut feeling. If you had to put money down, who would you put money down? Assuming Snoke is someone, which I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that that's the case, but if Snoke is someone we know, who are you putting money down on him being? <sighs> I would put more money down and hopes on him being no one. Uh, but if I had to, I'm going to say uh, Mace Windu. Ooh, who are you gonna say? <sighs> so, uh, or if I was hoping it could be someone I'd really want it to be Ezra, but you yeah. Know. If I had to put money down, I would say maybe Ezra. Because I think that would just be super badass. No, shoot. They wouldn't. I don't think they respect Rebels enough to put it that prominently. Well, it's they'll, not big enough. They need to yeah. get someone big because this is going to the general public. They'll put Rebels in as like little throwaway things like in Rogue One, but I don't think they'll do something like that. Um, so I've had this theory before. Um, I don't think Snoke is a force user. Yeah. In the trailer we've both seen. He's a squib. <laughs> yeah. In the first trailer that we've both seen, there's a scene where Snoke um, like reaches his hand out and then Ray, it cuts quickly to Ray snapping her neck back being held by the force. And I think that they're cleverly kind of cutting that to make it seem like he's a force user, but I think it's unrelated. I think Snoke's just holding out his hand to something else and yeah. then Maybe Kylo Ren is the one in a whole other scene that's making Ray's head snap back. Um, so I think he's just probably just a rich, powerful, like, funder of, hmm. I mean, uh, again, not to get political, but I could see him be like a Trumpian figure. Like, the four, First Order needs funds to build all these ships and things like that. So I think he's probably just. Ooh, because that happened in that book, Bloodlines. Yeah. I mean, he's got a gold robe, so he's probably just like a yeah. freaky rich guy. Um, or maybe so he won I can the see US him. Open. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. Galactic Open, <laughs> the Galactic Open. I can see him be like a Tarkin-esque figure, hmm. like had some allegiance to the Empire, and it fell, 
And so he wants to bring the empire back and he's kind of just funding it and the president of it, basically. Who's the old old dude from uh, from on Naboo? Like the advisor to Queen Abadala? C.O. Bibble? Yeah, what if it's C.O. Bibble? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That would be amazing. I would be so pumped about that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Queen Abadala was mean to me. <laughs> he just fomented his... Rage. It'd be cool if it'd be cool if Snoke was George Lucas, <laughs> and they're like, "We're gonna canonize George Lucas as a character." <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Anything else you think is interesting? No. Stoked to see it. Snoked to see it. Um, <laughs> and I'm not reading any of those crappy fan fan theories because in a two weeks, effectively, they won't matter. <laughs> yep. And I won't have wasted my life for six months. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. We're going to go see the movie. We will be back with our thoughts, and we will catch you on the snow side. side. <laughs> Later. See you. Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I'm about to eat a nice pork slow roasted over the open fire. He's Mike and his parents are nobody. We're Rebels Rebels and this is our last Jedi bonus episode. Still reeling. Yeah, so we went last night to go see it. We Mm -hmm. saw it together. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have seen it opening night, but... I had some medical stuff I was recovering from, and Mike was sweet enough to wait. Yeah, we went to the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Wonderful experience. It was great. Um, And we got out around midnight last night. It is 10 a.m. the next day, and so it's still pretty fresh. Uh, Mike said he's still processing. Yeah. I, on the other hand, I didn't tell you this, stayed up till 3.30 a.m. last night writing notes. Oh, my God. <laughs> arguing with people on Reddit. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I'm a little loopy right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. But let's let's start it off. Um, just super broad, super generally, what was your impression of The Last Jedi? My, okay. My initial impression is, like, ambivalent. And I don't know if I'm like still like processing everything, but I feel like I need to see it quite a few more times. Uh, It's like just a movie. It's like too close to me to be objective with to a certain degree. And I just need to like see it a few more times. I can, I'll say I definitely don't have a negative reaction. I don't think I'm in like the, I'm nowhere close to like that. That was a bad movie. Yeah. I'm not there at all, but I am also not nowhere close to like, that was amazing. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm probably like, it was good. Yeah. So I think the underlying theme is we need to see it more. I'm going to try to see it again tonight. Um, but I definitely walked out feeling like my, my opinion is still raw. Um, I actually did come out of it a little bit down just gut feeling but the more i thought about it the more i i mean you know i'm i I don't want to play the role of ryan johnson apologist that's not my job um but the more i saw people online and their reactions it's a very divisive movie yeah and a lot of the stuff that i think people are getting upset about little nitpicky and 
I just don't, I don't think they're giving it the slack that they give most other movies and definitely don't give the slack that they give Star Wars movies. Cause there's a lot of banana, bananas, cuckoo stuff in Star Wars that people just are like, whatever. They don't care. But in this movie, the smallest and they pick is like, this movie sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. But, and, and you know, you can't let others sway your opinion. Cause I feel like, I wonder if you'd never gone on the internet after you saw this, how you'd be feeling and thinking right now. So I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm letting other people sway my opinion. What I think I'm doing is it coalesced my opinion. Yeah. I felt very like, I don't write, like I didn't know what to think. I had a lot of conflicting emotions about it. But then when I started reading the criticism online and started formulating like, yeah. wait, but the, the people said, this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, wait, but it makes sense because X, Y, Z, it started coming together for me. And it, yeah. Yeah, I guess there wasn't there wasn't things that I was like that doesn't make sense. It was for me. It was about a lot of it was plot and flow and movement, um, which I can get into more. There was I thought there was really strong storylines, and then there was some really weak storylines. Yeah. And I think the weak storylines detracted. And so let me jump into this yeah. because I have a concrete example of this, and I think this will kind of show you the journey I went on. Um, because a lot of the criticism that I'm hearing online, and I don't know if this is what you just meant about plot stuff, is that there are things that didn't make sense um, and that it wasn't well written. Yeah. And I actually, I had this conversation with Maddie, my wife, last night, because she kind of felt the same way. And I was shocked because if anything, my criticism is the exact opposite. Okay. I think this is the smartest Star Wars movie that has ever been written. And I think compared to 99% of other blockbusters we get, it's leagues above how, how other movies are written. So I'm going to use an example from Rogue One, spoilers for Rogue One, <laughs> to kind of just set the stage of like my feeling about how movies are written today. And it has to do with this idea of false stakes. Um, I hate false stakes and I hate character moments that are unbelievable. So Jin or so in Rogue One saw the message from Galen that the Death Star had a weakness, but the message was just, was destroyed on Jeddah, right? So they need to convince the Rebel Alliance that they have to attack the Death Star. The Death Star is a weakness. So Cassian says that they will rescue Galen so that he can show them the exploit, which makes a lot of sense to me. I think I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. But really, he's using it as like a cover to assassinate Galen. <laughs> And I think that doesn't make any sense. And here's why. I think that that whole plot setup was because they wanted a scene of Cassian like looking through a cyberscope and struggling with the decision of what to do. They want a cool scene of Galen dying in his daughter's arms and her crying and it's raining on him and things are blowing up. It seems like they just wanted to set up this set piece in exchange for a believable character moment. Yeah. Because if they really cared about the Death Star and they really cared about like bringing together the Rebel Alliance against this threat, then it would make sense to capture Galen. And if he doesn't have the information that they need, they could just put him in jail or kill him at the base. Or... He does have the information they need and he saves the Rebel Alliance and they don't have to have the Battle of Scarra for any of the crazy stuff that happened. I don't agree, <laughs> but continue. I won't get into it, but I don't agree. Yeah, I mean, you can say like, if, if, if you don't agree, that's fine. You can 
I defend just, it for a sec. You I don't just, have to go on a road. I think, one I think my basic tangent, but. my my basic defense of that was it's in a there's a lot of emotional decisions being made by Cassian and I forget the commander's name who issued the order to assassinate Galen mm-hmm. and I think I I believe that Cassian is scarred by his war torn world and has moments of anger and fear where that lead him to buying into emotional decisions to just kind of blindly kill the ba- quote unquote bad guy. Yeah. So that's about it. I mean, I get that and I believe it more from Cassian's point of view than I do from whoever that commander's point of view. Yeah. So and that's I guess, we, I guess we don't know his backstory either. Cause yeah. it, could, it could be. And I also, I'm like, I, I'm looking at it from a specific writing, like the person yeah. who wrote the script. Like, it, that doesn't make sense to me, like, why yeah. you would do that. And I mean, we can disagree, agree to disagree, but it's like... Because it's it's hard to... I feel like all... I think in every Star Wars movie, there's a moment, multiple moments probably in every Star Wars movie, where a character struggles with a decision between right and wrong, light and dark, you know? Yeah, but you have to earn that. And I don't think that was earned. So, like, an example would be, like, if there was a World War II movie, there was a commander that had secret information on how to track down Hitler and kill him super easily. And then, like, an com- American commander was just like, we don't need it. We don't want a shot at Hitler. We just want to kill him because he's a bad guy. And we don't want to risk another bad guy going free. Which, like, I guess someone could make that call, but you have to earn that. Like, why, w- why is he making that call? They'd never earned that. And so that's that's the part that I'm frustrated by. And it seems like that call was made because it's like, but if we kill Hitler super easily, then like we won't be able to have that cool fight scene in the third act where blah, blah, blah happened. And it's just transparent to me and it yeah. frustrates me. Yeah, I think agree to disagree and we should okay. move on. Yeah. That so that's how I feel. Maybe everyone doesn't feel that okay. way. But I think that there were decisions like this in Last Jedi, but they were all earned. And I think that Ryan Johnson did a great job of not giving us just like the boilerplate Hollywood, like, let's do this and do that. And like, here's the plot twist that everyone sees coming. So like this is so here's a perfect example of that. I didn't really like Finn and Rose's relationship and their little like everything about Finn and Rose in this movie was what pretty much lost me. I didn't necessarily like their story very much. It was fun. But here's what I did like. At the end, when Rose saves Finn, <laughs> I think that was a dumb idea. <laughs> I don't think that she should have done that. Oh, God, that. I thought he was going to sacrifice himself. I, I was so pumped. I know. I thought that was a better idea. And I don't think she should have done that. But I think it makes perfect sense to her character. Yeah. Like, she is so afraid of losing someone for the cause again like she lost her sister which again is another thing i i didn't remember this some people were pointing out that maybe she did say it but i don't feel like it was even like they didn't bat us over the head with like oh that's her sister in the beginning that died oh because they just had the necklace and you kind of put two and two together and i think she may have mentioned like she said she mentioned me and my sister Uh, i thought it was fairly obvious yeah i thought it was obvious but i like that ryan johnson let us do the work yeah a lesser writer would have been like the very first scene she would have been like crying and like screamed like i can't lose anyone else to this rebellion like i lost my sister it's like yeah it most movies beat you over the head with that stuff that should be subtext and i think he did a good job of subtext and so in the end 
And then also she's developed like this kind of irrational crush on this guy she thinks is a hero. Yeah. Um, and so I think she's acting emotionally for this guy that she's attached to for some reason that's kind of irrational. And then she just doesn't want to lose anyone else. So she kind of shoots through a rebellion or the resistance in the foot because she can't bear losing anyone else. Yeah. So I think that's a perfect example of what you were saying that like that commander was making a bad choice in the situation that may not make a lot of sense, but that commander never earned it. I felt yeah. like Rose earned it. So we could disagree whether or not we think that's yeah. a good idea or a good plot point, but I she think just had it enough, was earned. She just had enough time to earn it. I mean, you're not going to give. Yeah, a, but a good writer would either. You're not going to give a subordinate character. Yeah, then a yeah, good yeah. writer would take that out of the movie. No, yeah. Or do uh, it better. So that that's, that's my gripe with it. Yeah. And so I, part of what my issue is, and I think a lot of people are maybe subconsciously relating to, well, I don't want to speak on other people because... Evidently, people don't believe the same things I do, but um, I think, if anything, my issue is that it was really well written. Most of the plot things make a lot of sense to me. All the character things were earned, and it was written better than most blockbusters in Star Wars movies are. Yeah. But because it was so well written and kind of serious it doesn't leave a lot of room for the silliness and campiness that we love in Star Wars movies. Oh, I thought there was a lot of silliness in this movie. So, I think there's a lot of silliness, but it's like Star Wars karaoke. There's a very tight rope for Star Wars. Like, we yeah. love the fun and the camp of it. Like, Job Job of the Hut is crazy. Yeah. But it's fun and campy um, yeah. in a way that we really love. And then also some of it's just nostalgia, honestly. Um, but I thought a lot of J.J. Abrams... Force Awakens had a lot of that and it's subtle Star Wars touches. Like I remember one of the my favorite things of all of Force Awakens is Ray sliding down like a sand, sand hill or something like that on Jakku in the beginning and then you see the steel pecker yeah. like little buzzard thing just like pecking at this metal thing and it's off in the corner super subtle you don't really see it and you're just like whoa what's that? And then it just cuts. Yeah. And it's like those wipes that they do in Star Wars, that's cheesy. Like the cantina. It's like it's it's yeah. right out of like a bad 70s sci-fi movie, but it's done subtly. Like they don't yeah. linger on all the weird characters and say like, look at that guy's weird face and blah, 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 blah. And so that's what you need in Star Wars. If you can do the cheesiness and camp in a subtle way, then it works really well and it's super fun. But if you do it too much or too on the nose it becomes jar jar pinks and i think that's one of my criticisms about this movie i think there's a lot of silliness in this movie but it's closer to the ewok or jar jar pinks than it is subtle star wars does that make sense yeah i think it was okay so i think it was silly in the in the aspect of i thought there were a lot of non-star wars kind of common everyday jokes thrown in like luke being shot at a ton and then like stepping out of the dust and yeah, like br dumb. brushing off his shoulder i was like oh gosh you just ruined that moment um with like a, a little joke like that yeah i agree but there was a lot of tiny little silly things like that yeah. um that i thought were so i think that, that like that that pulled me out yeah that weren't they weren't like in the universe star wars yeah. humor it was like our world humor inter like interjected into star wars universe and i thought that was weird it was like 
you know, it's like in Empire Strikes Back when Leia says, when they're in the uh, Millennium Falcon stuck in the cave, she's mm-hmm. like, do you want me to get out and push? Mm-hmm. Like, she's making a joke that I'm like, how do they have that joke in that universe? That <laughs> yeah. joke's about getting out and pushing a car yeah. to jumpstart it. Like, so they have that in that universe too. Like, mm-hmm. it was like stuff like that where they're interjecting, I don't know, real world humor that's pulling me out of a Star Wars universe. Yeah, I agree. And I think for that specific beat, like that took me out of it too. But that's kind of what I'm talking about with Star Wars karaoke because it seemed almost like someone sitting there and trying to write a mathematical formula. Like, what would Han Solo do in this mm-hmm. moment? And it's like, Han Solo wouldn't care. He would brush his shoulder off because he's a bad boy. And yeah. it's just kind of blatant and not subtle. Yeah. Whereas the charm of Han Solo is... He's got a subtle uh, charismatic thing going on. And I just think those blatant things took me out of it. Do you know what I felt like was happening a lot of the time? And this is totally, this is just conjecture. There's no basis here at all. I felt like with a lot of Luke Skywalker's humor, because he had a lot of silly, funny things Mm -hmm. and a lot of goofy moments. I feel like it was Mark Hamill being Mark Hamill and Ryan Johnson being so kind of starstruck <laughs> that he allowed it to happen. Like it was almost like, that's what it felt like. It felt like Ryan Johnson fanboy moments on Mark Hamill that were, that slid through mm-hmm. because it was. Yeah, maybe like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I can't like, conjecture, but I can see, I can see how you get that impression. Yeah. That that was my, just, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, and I don't know how I got that feeling. Like when he's drinking the milk from the, <laughs> I don't even know what that creature's called yet. Yeah. Um, was that milk blue or green? Cause I've seen conflicting reports online. I mean, when I was watching it, it looked blue, but... I thought I, it was blue milk, too, but someone wrote something about how... An article about how it's green milk, so it's different than what he drinks on Tatooine. Yeah. I don't know. I have a sense... This is, we're coming off of seeing it once, then. Yeah. So, I, I feel like... Yeah, I, I get that, but... I, so, like, there's the... When Ray shoots a hole in her wall, and he's just kind of like... What happened there? Like, oh, they were definitely. I good thought mode. that I know, yeah. but it's like yeah. I thought that was a cool, subtle kind of Star yeah. Warsy. Like, okay, like that's a little like yeah. fun thing in there. But then and I yeah. love those caretakers. We're like, oh yeah, man, the caretakers. I... Like that was fun. Caretakers were terrific. Yeah, but I mean, I guess, cleaning up the island was amazing. Yeah, like that was all super fun, and that felt real to the universe. It did. It felt very Dagobah. Yeah, something about that. I don't know why. The hole was kind of like the evil tree on Dagobah and stuff. Yeah. Well, there was. I felt like there were a lot of Empire callbacks. Mm-hmm. In this movie, a lot. Um, I mean, yeah, there was that whole being on that island felt like be, going down that hole felt like going into the into the into the cave. Mm-hmm. What's that cave called? Is it called the Magic Cave? <laughs> I don't know. I think it has an official name, but I don't remember where the it's the where the the tree yeah. and the cave are. It totally felt like that. It mm-hmm. felt like Ray was being. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of empire in this movie. Yeah, done, um, subtly done. Yeah, which I liked that. I think maybe talking about a little bit of humor, this is a good time for us to transition to porks. So this goes to my point about the humor and what kind of took me out of the movie. Um, Chewbacca eating a pork. Just all of it, honestly. So that's that's part of, I mean, I think I am anti-pork now. And I think part of it is when you have something that's obviously cute and going to sell a lot of toys, and going to be pushing the marketing. It has to be done one of two ways, in my opinion. You can go the BBA route, 
which obviously BB-8 is just like a ball of cuteness that everyone was freaking out about for two years. But BB-8 had something to do in the movie. BB-8 was a character that was fleshed out and had a lot to do in Force Awakens, I'm talking specifically. So they, the cuteness is just kind of a byproduct of, you know, this character who had an integral role to the movie. Or you need to do it more subtly. I just love Porgs building a nest in the Millennium Falcon. It yeah. was so cute. Well, that's that, like things like that would have been perfect. Subtle like, things. When he was talking about the Force, which I thought this was an amazing description of the Force. It was really yeah. well done. And they were going through all the Super things poetic. and you see... You see the porgs making a nest and life and they're yeah. bringing it together. Or if you just like are going up this sheer mountain and you see like porgs jumping around or, yeah. you know, building a nest in the Millennium Falcon, like that's even kind of funny. Like they're kind of in the background. They're just kind of like around and they're cute yeah. and cool. But then at the point where, you know, Chewie's roaring at him and eating them yeah. and like we have two shots, maybe three of them like getting in his way while he's trying to pilot the Millennium Falcon, it kind of gets, it crosses that line to like Ewok territory, Yeah, which I'm fine with Ewoks, but we've talked about because of the nostalgia factor, but they're not great plot devices. Yeah. I, I think had you had cut out the, I think had you had left Porgs on the Island, that would have been perfect. I, I think, I think just the fact that they, you know, they took one of these native Porgs off. Yeah. Now you're gonna have to take care of that thing. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the only thing I was like, ah, they should have just like stayed on the island. That would have been perfect. Yeah. And it, it's, maybe I'm being too critical, but it's I think it's more of that Star Wars karaoke. It's people like we people like the creatures in Star Wars. Star Wars is all about the creatures, the cute creatures. So like let's throw it in every scene. But could have been done with a little bit more of a subtle hand, I think. Yeah. I'm still like all yeah. my thoughts are still yeah which i think is just okay. swirling around i think it's going to take a while i don't think i'm not going to feel the same about this movie as yeah. right now as i do about it in a couple weeks yeah so let me let me uh let me hit you with a couple just like kind of rapid fire ones okay okay so what did we get right when we were thinking about that this raised movie? parents are no one yeah um, i'm happy about that i was i liked it and i liked the way it was presented i yeah. thought it was cool i thought that was a total uh luke cutting off vader's face moment i mean head and it mm -hmm. revealed his face yeah when she was looking into those like those weird mirrors and asked yeah. who her parents were and it was her yeah. in my mind it was like oh no metachlorians did it <laughs> yeah i know uh, I, I was so glad okay there's two things i was really glad didn't happen and that was one of them yep. that they didn't bring back that you have no parents and like to an anakin skywalker callback yeah yeah, I thought that was interesting. The way I interpreted that was that that mirror or whatever was her literally interacting with the dark side, hmm. which we've seen in some yeah. of the EU stuff before. And so I think that was her literally talking to the dark side and saying, who are my parents? And the dark side kind of like being like the magic eight ball, just giving you the question mark. Like, I don't know. I don't know. They're nobody. I don't know who they are. Sorry. So yeah. like, here's just your reflection because I can't tell you. And I think that's wow. cool because that was a really cool character development because she was struggling between the light side and the dark side. And she didn't have anyone to guide her because Luke was too scared to guide her. So she's like, you know what? This guy's not giving me answers. I thought he could help us. He's not going to help us. I'm going down this well. Because the the dark side is seduct seductive and can give me answers and tell me what I really want. And then, like, the dark side is like, I don't know either. So, that made Ray kind of be like, well, the dark side doesn't have anything for me either. 
Yeah. Well, I, I more than like giving into a seduction, I thought it was more about embracing a balance. I thought she was able to balance like examining the light, examining the dark in a way that the Jedi so like staunchly wouldn't yeah. do to a fault. And so I thought it was her kind of embracing a little bit of both and like that Taoist kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Um, I don't think she was like giving in or like testing anything. I think she was just like not afraid of either side and willing to look for answers in both like yeah. as a balance. I agree. I'm going to be real upset if in the next movie they go back on her parents are no one. Like yeah. I could see that happening. Me too. I could see that happening so easily, and I'm gonna be really upset if they do that. Yep. Um. So, what did we get wrong? The Snoke is anybody. Well, yeah, the Snoke's anybody. Um, that which I, I don't. I I have a lot of mixed feelings about his death. The way he died was awesome. That was awesome. That whole scene was mind blowing. Yeah. But. I, my mind is still reeling about how quickly they introduced a character. And I think it was just like, because of the, I think had I had sat down and watched these movies, like Force Awakens came out and then the next day, The Last Jedi came out, I would not have cared. But I think because it's been years in between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and Snoke has been so much on the mind yeah. and boiling that I thought he had to amount to something. Potentially, and I think this is maybe what it must have felt like to see Empire and then Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi, where you get all this information and like, oh my God, is Luke going to turn to the dark side? Like, Vader's his father. And there was all this controversy around Luke, and then he shows up in, the, in Return of the Jedi all wearing black. People were like, he is turning to the dark side. <laughs> but when you watch them, when you just sit down and watch them like in release order, yeah. You don't have those feelings because you're not brewing in between each one for years and years and years. Yeah. So I think that it was pretty much just a, it, he amounted, Snoke amounted to nothing simply because of the time in between the movies. Yeah, I agree. And I could see that. Um, but I think I even predicted this and I said, I hoped that Snoke was nobody. Yeah. So I'm actually. And you thought he wasn't. You thought he wasn't. Yeah. So be that's another thing I didn't get. I didn't, I didn't get that right. I got right that he wasn't anybody. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy about that, but I didn't get right that he's not a force user. He is a very powerful, very force user. powerful. And I think we'll learn more about him later, especially in the yeah. EU, which I'm interested to do, but I'm glad he's not Mace Windu or yeah, I could see something yeah. like he, that. He, he, to me, he still really looks like that little boy that Anakin killed <laughs> on, on the, in the training yeah. temple. He like really looks like the yeah, little kid. The youngling. Like he looks so much like him, except for the fact that he's f***ing massive. Yeah. His head compared to Ray's head was huge. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I don't know what species this is. Yeah, he must be a different species. I don't he, think he, he's... I don't, got, think, he's I don't think he's human. Because he's like... Or, I mean, people get corrupted by the dark side in different ways. Yeah, Maybe sure. He got super, like, yoked. He's like, I don't know. He's like, <laughs> it was weird. He's like 10 feet tall, and yeah. his head is the size of two watermelons. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think the years of speculation and the years of dragging it out really can lead some people to feel like... It was anticlimactic. Yeah. But if you really think about it, the amount of screen time that the Emperor gets in the original trilogy. Yeah. Kind of the same as Snoke. Probably even less. Um, so it'll I'm interested to see how Snoke develops in our consciousness, yeah. like social consciousness over the next couple of years. I think you're right. I would love to read some books about him just yeah. for fun. I'm I'm interested but in I'm his a, background. I'm okay with him gone. Yep. 
Okay. Um. So, what happened to the green lightsaber? Am I just forgetting, like... To Luke's green lightsaber? Yeah, because yeah, he had it when he was trying to kill Kylo Ren. Yeah. And then... Something happened where it became blue. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch this when we when I do my second viewing because how I interpreted it was remember is the blue lightsaber cracked in half. Oh yeah. Uh, when Kylo and Ray were fighting over it, and then she's gonna have to build the lightsaber in the next movie. That's sick. That is sick. I hope we get to see that. Yeah. Um, and that would be such Jedi callback. That would be uh, so. That would be really cool. I mean, Empire. I bet you. I bet you we won't see that, but that would be really cool. What color do you think her lightsaber will be next well, year? Oh man, if it's pink, I'm gonna shoot myself. <laughs> I don't think they'll do that. Sexist. <laughs> I just, I just, that would be so. I don't know. That'd be too much. I want to. I um. I want her to roll up with a Soka style white oh, lightsaber. So those it are my would favorite. be bad. Oh man, or what if it was like the, uh, like a black, like the Mandalorian one? Yeah, but uh, yeah. But anyways, but yeah, I don't know. Um, so this is how I saw it. So the blue lightsaber broke apart and then I thought Luke, when he was projecting himself, was just projecting himself with that same lightsaber. It didn't have to be intact because it wasn't real. Hmm. Um, I couldn't notice from the hilt or I didn't notice from the hilt, whether it's the same hilt that he had in Jedi or if it was the hilt he had in Empire. I, yeah. On so, a first, on a first viewing, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> and I've not read anything online yet. So. Yeah. I haven't gotten that answer either. So I was just curious about what happened to the green lightsaber because I know some people, especially our friends, shout out at Black Series Rebels, were really looking forward to him lighting up that green lightsaber. And <laughs> to see it in a flashback might be yeah. a little anticlimactic for some people. Yeah. Because it was sick. Yeah. Because when it happened, I was like, that's tight. So let's talk oh, about that sick. scene. Because there's, I've heard some controversy about that scene too. The whole like Dusex Machina about how this resolved itself with Luke's plan and the projection. Mm -hmm. What are your opinions about that? I am. There's parts of me that really likes it, and parts of me, smaller parts that don't. Mm -hmm. I think I'm more okay with it because I like the very peaceful, like non-engagement only mm -hmm. for defense elements of it that's a good point it felt that felt very jedi yeah I like that. and that's what i liked about it and if he's coming to peace with the jedi as yeah. an establishment and it being yeah. reborn in ray yeah then that's a very cool way to kind of embody yeah. finally embody yoda's teachings and because the because the, uh, the things i like about the jedi are that it's in some ways a religion mm -hmm. and i like these spiritual elements of it i like that luke calls it a religion yeah i like that he calls lightsabers laser swords <laughs> yeah. and i love the throwback to the original script yeah, that's cool i thought that's cool so this, i'm just constantly whenever i'm talking about movies i compare it to what a worse version of it would be <laughs> um so and i think a lesser movie most blockbusters in fact that we see I love Marvel movies, but this is exactly how oh, they like, would have every done, movie, done Marvel a movie. A huge explosion, no, no. fight, so crazy. The entire time, well, kind of, yeah. The entire time, I just figured 
They put up that distress beacon to all their allies. Oh, yeah. Luke has a change of emotion and is like, oh, my gosh, I need to help my friends. And then he, like, force pulls his X-Wing out of the water. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, he comes sure. and, like, First Order is going to be bearing down on Leia and everyone. And they're like, oh, my God, we're about to die. And they close their eyes and flinch. And then all of a sudden, the uh, X-Wing comes out of nowhere and shoots everyone. And Luke comes and saves the day. And, yeah. like, that's how 99% of movies end up wrapping up it's like yeah. our heroes are about to die how are they gonna get out of this and then someone off screen like shoots the bad guy or yeah. something something crazy happens like that um and so i think this was a very original very well thought out yeah and very clever plot device to wrap up the movie and i really admire the more i thought about it the more i read about things like i'm going to shout out a couple of things that were really cool. Like I noticed it in the movie. I was like, wait, why is that happening? Something's wrong here. But it wasn't spelled out until it all wrapped up. So like Luke just showing up out of nowhere. I was like, that's dumb. How did he get in there? Yeah. This is stupid. Blah, 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 blah. That upset me at first too. But then yeah, it then makes perfect, perfect sense. sense. Yeah. And then even Poe Dameron says something about like, he must have gotten here somehow. Like how did, how did he sneak in here? He didn't have to sneak because he force projected. And yeah. it was, that was interesting. Did you notice when he is walking out to face Kylo Ren, his feet don't leave red footprints. Oh. So they like, they show his on- footprints, yeah. There, everything leaves these red trails everywhere, but subtly you notice- So you could have seen that, that's great. It's just like, he doesn't have footprint. Yeah. The other thing, I this is, I can't confirm this because I wasn't paying attention for it, but the more I think about it, did he ever actually touch Kylo Ren? Lightsaber no, or anything? Never. The entire fight was just him he dodging. never even touched Leia, he went to kiss her. Yeah. And was like, Maybe like right on her forehead. I don't know. Everything was. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are the kind of cues that you look, it's almost like fight club. The next time you watch the movie, you're like, except the dice. There's a little bread. Wait, 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 where's that? Blah, blah. Wait, who gave the, Le did he give Leia the yeah, dice? Yeah, so he gave Leia the dice, but it was a projection. So that's why they disappeared. Oh, that's faded. You're right. And that's why she left it because she knew there was no weight to it or anything. Oh. She was just like, oh, here's like a reminder of Han. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's sweet. That's and then nice. it disappears and she, she just like drops it on the ground because it doesn't actually exist. So the more we're talking about this, the more I'm really liking this movie. <laughs> and I'm feeling, but and the more we're talking about this, the more I'm really seeing this movie cleverly done as mm -hmm. using the, the, I feel like it's, they took the template from Empire Strikes Back yep. and created new things on top of it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that island, what's it called? Something to Octo. Octo is straight up Dagobah. I mean, yeah. so much of that is Dagobah. I feel like Canto Bite is Bright is Cloud City. Mm -hmm. Like I you know, and they have which they have to escape as yeah. this crazy escape from. I feel like you know, the meeting in the end is totally them uh, is Luke and Vader on the Death Star. And then I feel like the endings are exactly the same. Oh no, the rebels have been wiped out mm -hmm. they're pretty much decimated yeah and they have to start over completely totally that is so empire strikes back yeah i think we brought this up in our first little section of this about if this is gonna be an empire retread and so i think you bring up a good point i think it is um done but well. it's done yeah. really well it's yeah. not as you know i love the jj abrams touch and like the things like the steel packer. I think he really gets the camminess and cheesiness and yeah. the charm of Star Wars. And the last Jedi could have used more of that. But J.J. Abrams' fault is that he kind of went too far with that. Yeah. And basically almost remade A New Hope. Yeah. I think this is a subtle 
very smart remaking of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, one other thing I want to say about the Force projection too is another thing that I think is really good writing and really subtle and most people wouldn't trust the audience to put this together, but that whole power about projecting yourself was foreshadowed the whole movie with Kylo yeah. and Rey projecting themselves to each other. Okay. It was not done yeah. in the exact same way. I thought it was really, really nice. I thought that whole, yeah. their whole re, like connection relationship is so interesting totally. and well built up and it makes the, their climactic scene together mm -hmm. like so well, so well done. It's so well done. So well earned. Yeah. Like, um, and I want to talk about, there's two scenes I really want to talk about. And that's one of them. That's the big one to me. But before we do that, I mm -hmm. want to talk about, I want to use you, this opportunity to talk about those hollow projections that are yeah. those force projections. Those are not hollow. Those yeah. are force projections that Luke was creating to talk about the appearance of Yoda, <laughs> which I thought was so good. Yeah. I loved that they used the puppet. Yep. Had they had not used the puppet, I would have been, I don't think I would have liked it nearly as much. Yeah. I think that nostalgia, there was a couple things they did, you know, mm -hmm. R2 projecting, you know, Leia's message, which I feel ambivalent about. And oh, that was sweet. Yeah, like, I didn't think it was bad. I was just like, but I thought this one was the, I don't know, I thought it was, I thought it was great. The fact that they used, I don't know if it's the original Yoda puppet, I don't know. I don't even know if this is Frank Oz doing it. It was Frank Oz. Okay. I don't. It's probably not the original Yoda puppet. It's probably a recreation, but it, it looked, looked so, so much like it. Okay, so this one looked like the Return of the Jedi puppet. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, to me. Yeah. So this was, I think, more closely modeled after the Return of the Jedi puppet. Maybe? Probably. Which would make sense, because that's the last time you see Yoda. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So his Force ghost maybe manifests in the last physical form he was in. Mm-hmm. Although that might not be true. Yeah, actually, that is true. Um, I don't know. I just, I thought Yoda, he didn't he didn't rehash any classic Yoda lines. He had some new ones. Mm -hmm. That's another uh, thing that's like, I feel like a lesser yeah. filmmaker would have thrown in a do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, exactly. But there's other, I forgot the line is, but he says like a great line about like fear is the greatest teacher or something like that. It's a oh, great oh, Yoda line. Yeah, or making mistakes. Yeah. I don't know the, con I don't it, know it yeah. exactly, but I remember it has that essence. Yeah. He captured Yoda in a great way it was a without great, yeah. playing Star Wars karaoke, which I loved. Okay. So it sounds like we both really liked Yoda. I did. It caught me off guard at first. When I saw Yoda, I was like, oh my gosh, this is weird. Because I'm not used... I think I'm so conditioned to the CGI Yoda yeah. that oh. when I saw the puppet, it was weird to me. Thank but, you so much for that puppet. And the weird... Oh, I love like the performance is so much... I really love it more than I'm thinking about it because like I love that he goes back to crazy Yoda where he's like rrr, rrr, oh rrr, yeah rrr, rrr. Like, well he goes back to like Dagobah Yoda yeah. when we first meet him and he's like you yeah. don't know he's Yoda yet like, I know poking, I'm so poking Luke with the stick. totally that's perfect yeah, he, he bops him in the face I loved it I was like it's old school Yoda totally and it's I think I'm so kind of brainwashed to the stoic cool looking CGI oh, Yoda yeah. that it caught me off guard but now that I'm thinking about it that well, it's perfect yeah. sense narrative. Well, the place, I I've, the place I've seen Yoda the most is in the Clone Wars cartoons. Yeah, totally. CG. So that's the Yoda I know the most, but it's yeah. like the Yoda, the best Yoda is like Empire and Jedi Yoda. Mm -hmm. and I don't know. So, so yeah, that was good really on you. cool. Good on you, Johnson. Yeah. And I, I, 
I think speaking of Force Ghosts, you know, some people are caught off guard about how Luke met his end. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think they did well to not do that. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. They went original in the way yeah. that Luke does that. Um, yeah. We've seen a lot of examples of the force draining people yeah. when they do extraordinary things with and the force. And this is like crazy extraordinary. Yeah. And they said it, they even said it in the movie, you know, Kylo Ren, at, when they first connects to Rey, he tries to do his like mind control thing to yeah. find out where Luke is, but he knows if he exerted that much force over that distance, he was like, the effort will kill me. So he, yeah. they brought that up again subtly. That's the, that's the word of the day for me, subtle. Yeah. Uh, subtly bring up the fact that like, Projecting yourself in this way and using too much might will really drain you. So you can read it as Luke did this thing knowing it would basically kill him. Yeah. But he's at peace with the force. And so he's okay with it. Yeah. And he's finally found the balance that Yoda has been trying to give him. And so now he's one with the force. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's great that, um, I, yeah, because I agree. I love the physical toll, which we talk about mm-hmm. in Rebels. I love the physical toll that. Um, the f- use of the force takes on one's body. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious if we're going to see Luke as a force ghost in. Uh, really curious if we're going to see Luke as a force ghost in the next movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'll, guessing so. I'm yeah, guessing there's going to be a lot of him think. as a force ghost. And again, I keep bringing this up. So I'm not just trying to like call out the haters, but. One of the other criticisms is the same thing, the Mary Sue argument that I freaking hate about how was Ray so powerful and how did she do this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, she trained with Luke for like five minutes and now she could like blah, 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 blah. Like, and I think that's, yeah, I think it's there, there be extra hard on I her. I guarantee if this was a dude, badass, a hundred percent guarantee you, no one would be 100%. saying a hundred percent Luke had no training. He no. was on Dagobah for like a week Yeah, and all of a sudden he's like super powerful Jedi guy. No one cares, but they care about it because it's Rey. Yeah. And so that's my first point. The second point is it's been established. She and I, I, I think it's a problem if if you can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to examine your implicit <laughs> bias if you can't see that. I agree. Like, I think it's dangerous. Yeah. If you can't even for a second recognize. Yeah. That. I agree. Yeah. So. And that's the thing is another thing. I've brought this up with Force Awakens, but... It's, they always say like, oh, she fought Kylo Ren and beat Kylo Ren, Force Awakens, but it was established she can fight. Like, she was yeah, living on that. herself, yeah. on this planet, by herself, forever. Those two, like, gangsters try to jump her and she just beats them down super easy. It's yeah. not that big of a stretch to know, okay, she uses a laser sword instead of a staff. And we saw her do that in this movie. We saw her using a staff yeah. against the rock. Totally. And then she's like, oh, I can just do this with a laser yeah. sword. And she picks up the lightsaber. Yeah. And also in the in Force Awakens, she's fighting a weak Kylo Ren who got hit by the yeah. caster, so he's injured yeah. and fights him to a standstill. That makes perfect sense to me. <gasps> yeah. it's, it's aside. Yeah. I love that part. In this movie, if you notice, when they're fighting the Praetorian guards. Yeah. Um, who, oh God, okay, keep going. Kylo is like fighting three of them at a time. Yeah. And she's fighting one yeah, at a time. Exactly. So like kylo is a better fighter and at no point does she like overpower him when kylo's asking her to join the dark side and she holds out her hand and pulls the lightsaber i don't think she's trying to pull it to attack him i think she's pulling it to try to run 
because she knows he's more powerful and she also still sees good in him and doesn't want to kill him yeah so i don't think i think it makes perfect sense she can fight so like the fact that she was she was with luke for five minutes and she taught him or he taught her how to like pick up rocks yeah so later in the movie she picks up bigger rocks yeah that's basically all she does and everyone's freaking out like how's she like the most powerful jedi master ever all she does is pick up rocks yeah and it's like we have to remind people like this is a movie this isn't a netflix series we don't have the time to spend like we literally don't have the time to spend like you know doing training montages anymore so like you have to do it like you said subtle way okay and so for force ghost to fit to wrap this up i think the next movie my prediction is it's going to be a pretty big time jump. I think. Yeah, I agree. That just, just as was uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit more, maybe. But I think the way that they're going to handle the Carrie Fisher death is it's going to be off screen. It's going to be tasteful, and it'll be ten years in the future. Yeah, and it'll just be a new maybe they'll start it with her funeral <laughs> maybe something like that but yeah. i think it'll be probably poe dameron is in charge of the rebellion no not that fly boy so i, I i'm assuming <laughs> though he'll be a grown love, up I it'll love. be 10 years he's learned his lesson he'll be grown up he'll be in charge of the rebellion now their their ranks will be bigger because of this battle inspired yeah. the universe and in the meantime something has happened to leia and so in that 10 years time let's just say 10 years i think Ray will I think it's be possible. training a lot with Force Ghost Luke. Yeah, I can see that. That's my prediction. Oh, okay. I okay. Two quick things. Okay. I mean, I have a million quick things. The more I think about, the more I, the more I think <laughs> about. Um, when they got to Canto, right? I thought for sure the person they were going to see, like I would have put money on, it was mm-hmm. going to be Lando. Yeah. I was like, oh, here comes Lando. And uh, I wasn't upset that it it wasn't him. I think narratively, I'm glad it wasn't him. I mean, yeah. you know, as a Star Wars fan, I've been doped to see Billy D. Williams. But I agree. I think narratively, um, it makes more sense. So glad they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're in that scene, I want to talk about my favorite. That, that was my favorite scene of all time. Mm-hmm. Of, of That was the best scene in the new, between this and... Force Awakens and Rogue One, uh, Ray, Snoke, and Kylo. Yeah, that meeting and showdown. Um, it was it was fantastic, and I think um, I remember if you remember the movie that George Lucas and Franz uh, Ford Coppola did together. I think no. in nineteen eighty called cage musha i think i want to say it was called cage musha they did this movie together that was an homage to uh kurosawa to samurai movies and i feel and there was in i think it's called cage musha cage musha there was a lot of like really striking solid color backgrounds or a lot of like the backgrounds were just very bright and striking hmm. and it was like the samurai movie and it's really cool oh i think it was called the shadow warrior cage mucha the shadow warrior and it was a good movie and i was i'm really into samurai mm-hmm. films i think we've talked about this before yeah. i really like all the kurosawa stuff like i i'm just super into it and this was it felt like an homage to an homage <laughs> yeah um but done super well yeah and 
uh, I thought that was I thought it was really good. I thought I'm gonna say that one of the coolest things I've ever seen was Ray throwing the lightsaber <laughs> to Kylo Ren and him catching it and momentarily yeah. turning it on and that was really cool. Piercing the guard. Holy um, crap. Yeah, I loved that scene. I think that was one of my favorite scenes. Shout out to also the hyperdrive <sighs> suicide attack. That was gorgeous. Wow. That was nuts. I have a... Oh, man. But go, but both of those um, scenes, I think, yeah. kind of encapsulate what I'm feeling. Is if this was just another science fiction movie, I think I and most people would say, this is one of the greatest things ever. This is the best science fiction thing, blah, blah, blah. But both of those scenes are very distinctly not Star Wars to me. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. It's a new thing and I really enjoyed it. But I think some of my hesitation to be... So when I walked out of Force Awakens, I was giddy. I was like, just instantly hit me in the gut that this was fun. And then later on, some of the criticisms crept in and I had to wrestle with those. This is kind of the opposite. I walked out of the theater saying like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I think it's part of that stuff. It's... Ryan Johnson wrote and directed a visually, visually stunning, beautiful, well-written, yeah. well-constructed movie that is maybe atypical of a Star Wars movie. And so, it lost a little bit of the Star Wars charm. Yeah. And yeah. so, I'm not saying that that samurai showdown scene was bad by any means, but even the way the camera moves and the way the yeah. action was choreographed, it's just has never been seen in a Star no. Wars movie and it didn't feel Star Wars to me. No, it didn't. And I think some people that's rubbing some people the wrong way. It's, I will tell you this, moving from Force Awakens to this, the directing styles feel so apparently different. Yeah. Like I've never seen in many movies, like in, I've never seen what a trilogy that's going to be so like, so apparently different in the direction. Yeah. Um, cause this was a massive move away from mm-hmm. the fourth week. It wasn't a bad move. Yeah. It just, and I'll say, I think to follow up on how I was just feeling, if you had to clump them in a directorial style, you would clump force awakens in with the original trilogy. Yeah. I think it's very similar, kind of just like yeah. a great homage to it, but you couldn't clump this in with the original trilogy. It's a different thing that we've never really seen in the star Wars universe. All right, so I have a couple of Easter eggs if you want to wrap up real quick. Yep. Found a couple of fun things. Um, so did you notice when they were on the Falcon and Finn opened up the drawer to get a blanket for Rose, the books were stashed in there. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Cool. So, so they saved the book. Oh, yeah, I did notice that. So yeah. either one of two things happened. Either Luke had foresight and was just like, I don't want these. So he put them on the Falcon thinking that Ray could use them. Which I think is unlikely, or Ray just stole them, which is badass. I think Luke, I think they were gifted. I'm trying to think of the time Because he goes on to the Falcon, and I, why else yeah. would he go on to the Falcon if not to establish that he did that? It just seems out of timeline with him like going up to the tree to burn it before he sees Yoda, because he says something, like when Yoda burns the tree, he says something about, but, but the texts are in there. Like, either... Yeah. He didn't give Ray all the books and there's still some left in there. Oh, true. Or Ray stole them. I mean, pretty small ass library, yeah. but yeah. Who knows? Um, but I thought that was cool. Um, another thing is so the door of Luke's hut is cannibalized from his X Wing. It was like part of his oh, X Wing cool. door. 
um, which is a throwback to if you look at Yoda's hut. Dagobah. It's yeah. Yoda's ship, right? Yoda's ship is yeah. like his hut is made out of his ship. Yeah. So he's being his own little Yoda. So Empire. Yeah. Um, so do you remember on Canto Bright, there is like that alien with the southern accent? Yeah. So that alien was an Abenito. Which was a new race. Everyone that, laughed when that came on, and yeah. I was like, "Why is that funny?" <laughs> yeah, I like that the, whole, the whole, the whole, there was a lot of audience reactions and laughs where I was like, "Why mm-hmm. is that funny?" Like, <laughs> and that part was one of those moments. Of, yeah. like, you freaking racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they sound dumb. <laughs> um, so that's an Abenito, which was a race that was created in Force Awakens. Created by J.J. Abrams, who's a huge Beastie Boys fan. Mm. So, the first time you see an Abenito, um, that person's name was Elo Asti. <laughs> Obviously, a play on Hello Nasty yeah. from the Beastie Boys. This guy's name was Slowin Low. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, evidently, everyone in this race has a Beastie Boys name. Okay. Um, also, he was voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Maybe that's why everyone laughed. Maybe, yeah. Um, he also, so Justin Gordon Levitt was in Brick, which was Ryan Johnson's yeah. first movie. He's yeah. in Looper. He works with him a lot. So he put him in, in this cameo. Um, also in the casino, there was an alien dog with its tongue hanging yeah. out, Yeah, which is a throwback to Gary Fisher, Carrie Fisher's famous dog. Oh boy. Um, so that was like a little nod to mm. the sweet little mm. Gary Fisher. Um, cool. So to wrap up, I'm putting you on the spot. I haven't, I haven't yeah. thought about this either, but let's do two things. Let's, uh, just briefly say, what do we want to see next? Yeah. In Star Wars or the expanded universe in okay. episode nine or the expanded universe. And then let's finish it with our grading Yeah. scale. Okay. I'll tell you what I want to see next, which I was really bummed. I didn't get to see. I want to see the Knights of Ren. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was really bummed they weren't in this one. I, th- but I have more hope that they're going to be in the next one because Snoke is gone. So if mm-hmm. Kylo Ren is the supreme leader now, <laughs> which I love how much he like <laughs> just tosses around that guy. Yeah. Um. Uh. I. Yeah, I want to see the Knights of Ren being like his guards. Because what were those guards? Guards called again? The, the uh, Praetorian guards. The Praetorian guards. Mm-hmm. They're all gone. So maybe. Kylo Ren gets the Knights of Ren to be his. That's the only. Yeah. That is honestly one of the only things I care about. <laughs> yeah, I lo- uh, I love that, and I think that brings up a good point. That I was really disappointed that we didn't get more detail about what happened on the. Oh, Jesus! Oh, see, this brings up another yeah, thing. There's oh. so many things to bring up. Um, how did you feel about Kylo's turn to the dark side? Uh, I don't think it was so much of a, a turn as it was like a. Oh, you mean the Luke thing? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think that it's a really interesting thing and scene, and I think it's so interesting because it's nuanced. Exactly. In such, yes. a, in such a way that it's yeah, I agree with you. It's it's done so soft. It's done so well that you can see both sides. Mm-hmm. And um, so I believe that Snoke had, I, I believe it's funny. I believe Luke and I believe Kylo Ren. Yeah. I totally. believe, and I think, I think it's a mixture of the two. I think, um, and I think it makes perfect sense to each of their characters. So here's what I'll say about it. I think Kylo Ren was definitely being influenced by Snoke mm-hmm. and that he was conflicted. And I do think yep. Luke 
pushed him over the edge mm-hmm. because I think Luke was similarly conflicted. And I think these two, they, it culminated into Kylo's turn to dark side. Um, but I think it was on character for Luke as well. Preach. Because, I mean, again, going back to the scene where he's in the cave and, you know, Yoda's like, don't, don't take your weapons in yep. there. And he does anyways, like an idiot. And he takes <laughs> his weapons in the cave and kills, you know, and what yeah. he's doing is he's destroying himself, not his father. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think it all made sense. Yeah. I think the defining characteristic of both Ben and Luke. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say it on count of three. One, two, three. Doubt. Oh, okay. What were you going to say? I was going to say fear. I was trying to think of something funny, but (laughs) instead I I froze. Uh, Uh, So I was going to say fear. They're both so scared. Yeah. Kylo Ren is scared, you know, that he's not going to live up to Vader and he's scared of Luke. Evidently now we know that he was scared of the last Luke said the last thing I saw was the face of a scared little boy looking up at me. Yeah. Um, And then Luke is just consumed by this fear that, Ben's going to turn to the dark side. This fear that Luke's not a good enough teacher and yeah. he's going to fail Ben. And so in a moment of weakness, he turns to the dark side for a moment, does pulls out his lightsaber to do the unthinkable and kill this kid because he's so scared of what he might become. And in doing so, he pushes him to become the thing yep. he fears the most. And I think, I bet you Snoke knew that about Luke and orchestrated that in the background as I part mean, of the manipulation of Kylo Ren. It 100% makes sense. And I think that that was really well done. And I'm sorry to ever say this again, but in the hands of a less skilled filmmaker and writer, that would have been so much sloppier. Yeah. Hitting and, the head and kind of just like, I mean, we've seen that story a million times. Just, it's just yeah. like something, he just turns bad yeah, and just burns everything down because now he's, because he's a bad guy and we don't know why he's a bad guy. This completely sold it for me and I really loved it. Yeah. Maybe. All right. So, so uh, what do you what do you want to see? The next I want to see next. I kind of alluded to it. I think it would be cool to do like a big time jump. Like there was a good good amount of time between Empire and Jedi, but like yeah. I want to see ten years in the future, fifteen years in the future. Our characters are wiser and older. The rebellion, the resistance, isn't the resistance anymore. It's now a full fledged rebellion. The first yeah. order has taken some sort of control and become like an established government. And we kind of see a fully grown, fully trained Ray go at it with a fully matured Kylo Ren. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, All right. So on a scale, I'm going to give it my rating. Yeah. On a scale from C-3PO was created by Anakin Skywalker Mm -hmm. to Luke staring to the binary sunset. Well, John Williams, Binary Sunset. Yeah, which, by the way, how good was the Binary Sunset in this movie? They brought it back. Yeah. They paid homage to it. That Um, man loves looking at his son. (laughs) It's metaphoric. He's searching for his son. Um, I'm going to give this a... Ooh, this is so tough. I'm going to give this movie a Luke and Vader fighting an Empire Strikes Back, where Luke gets his hand cut off. And Vader reveals that he's his father. Dang. Which to me, this is going to be a controversial grade, is right on the A minus line. Okay. Like 90%. Exactly. I was bracing myself that you're, it was going to be worse than that. It's like A minus, 90%. Okay. Because there's still right, some things. That's fair enough. There's still some things I have issue with. 
and that I need to see again. And most of it has to do with, we didn't talk about, and I don't want to get into because I need to see it again. It has to do with Finn and Rose's subplot. Yeah, that was definitely the weakest part of the movie. We can talk about that more uh, maybe in the future. Yeah, but I don't know. But it's it made sense, but it just cool. was a bit quick. Yeah. yeah. All right, I like that. Okay, so what's yours? So on a scale of Jar Jar Binks being farted on by an EOP and going Piusa, mm-hmm. um, to Luke and Vader's climactic duel in the Emperor's chamber. Yep. I give this movie. Vader picking up the Emperor over his head and being mm. like, and throwing him over the top. <laughs> and top roping him. Yep. Um, so that to me is like a B plus. Okay. That's uh, that's about where I am. Yeah. A minus B plus. And so, I mean, we, I think we'll give it some time to mature and it'd be interesting to see where our grades are after yeah. this, but that's where I'm at right now. Cool. Well, awesome. Nice. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. You'll be hearing... The full season of Rebels Rebels sometime in early 2018. Yep. We're going to be dropping all 14 episodes on you. Yep. We've got some really good guests. We've recorded a bunch of them already. Yeah. The episodes are turning out great. Yeah. Thanks so much for the early support. Tell all your friends. Subscribe for updates. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And hit us up. Let us know if you're anti-porg like Peter or pro-porg like myself. (laughs) Nice. All right. Until next time, friends. Be brave out there, and don't look back. (laughs) Don't look back. Peace.